welcome to the In the Saddle podcast. My name is Jessica Fidgen and I'm your host today alongside our panel of usual suspects, Chris Lucky Loader, Mark Ryhorsky, and Paul Canahan. Now, lads, after a two-week hiatus, um, I hope it's a bit of a return to good form, picking some winners for our listeners for this weekend's meetings at Newbury and Ripon for this Saturday, August 14th. So how did you get on? Did you get up to anything? Anybody tanning their legs or looking up? Could have bit some bobs. Well, what was the story here? Mark will tell you that he was busy the whole time that he was working and grafting. So we don't need him to talk. How about you, Lucky Loader? Yeah, I'm the same. I recently um got a new job. So I've been working uh, very hard um writing all those verdicts for Odds Checker and at the races. So if you're following then. I I feel sorry for you. So yeah, you blame me there. But I don't write all the previews. But yeah, that's where you can see some of my uh, latest work. Some old losers though there. Going to say a plug within a plug there. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say <laughs> today was a good day. I think I had about five w- winning selections from my seven UK previews. But obviously, you won't know which ones they were. But yeah, it, it wasn't a bad day today. Well, let's let's channel some good energy into Saturday and pick a few winners anyway. Yeah, definitely. What about you, Mark? What have you been up to? As you know, busy. Um, my form hasn't been that great recently. Um, hopefully we can get a couple of winners this weekend. Um, but yeah, looking forward to it. Um, it's good to have you on the podcast. Uh, good vibes. Um, it's good to see Paul Callahan again as well. Get some slaying later on as well. He's trying to get the knife in already. So yeah, I can see him smiling right now. Yeah, here we go. He's kicked off already. <laughs> but nah. He's just warming up, so he is. But no, I had to join after you pestering me for weeks and months on end to join the In the Saddle podcast. He was saying that they need to add in a bit of diversity after, you know, the success of Blackmore throughout the racing season and stuff like that. They're going to need to have an element of tokenism within the team. Isn't that right, Mark? Exactly, yeah. Um you're, you're a punter as well. Uh, let's not hide that. You're a bit of a judge as well, Jesse. We'll call um, it a penny punter there. And you, you have a functioning Bet365 account as well, so it's absolutely golden. But we'll see how long <laughs> we can keep that for. <laughs> Maybe this weekend is where I get call out. Yeah, I'm pretty confident. Uh, yeah, looking forward to it. We've got Paul as well. Paul, how about you? How have you been getting on the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I was going keeping busy, uh, walking away and uh, just living the dream, basically. Um, so we may as well get right into it then and chuck ourselves into Newbury. So the first race that we're going to look at is the 145 Denford Stakes, um, seven furlongs, and it has six runners on it. So Mark, we'll go to you first, seeing as you're in a great mood. Uh, tell us who you're looking at and why. All about them good vibes, but uh, it's going to change very quickly to, to Mr. Negative. Um, I'm going to use one, one of uh, Paul Callahan's favourite bets. I'm going to lay the favourite here. Uh, Bayside boy, um, I think this is quite competitive. Um, one on debut um, over course and distance, currently around six to four. It was as short as even money in places, but I think uh, Mascala of Andrew Bowling's definitely sets the standard here. That's five to four at the moment. And I think Seattle King as well, Ralph Beckett's, that was impressive on debut. Um, that's currently four to one, 92 in place. I think that one's overpriced. Uh, but the bet for me in the first race is I'm maybe taking a chance here, right? But I'm going to lay. Bayside Boy in the place market, the two place market. It's currently around six to four. And if this thing goes off around 2.5 on the wind mark, you could probably lay this one and maybe freeze on. Uh, maybe maybe four to 11 in the place market. So, I mean, if I can get 11 to four for Bayside Boy to be out of two here, I think that's a decent bet. I, I think the betting is wrong. Yeah, I think Seattle King should be shorter and Mascala should be shorter as well. So, I'll be place laying Bayside Boy in the first race. Nice one, Mark. What do you think about that, Chris? 
Right, so my thoughts on the race is um, I think Bayside Boy, I agree with Mark, is on the skinny side. However, you would definitely have to respect him coming from the Roger Baron yard. They run a lot of decent juveniles at this time of year. And I think he's definitely going to be there or thereabouts. But I do agree with Seattle King. Uh, a lot of money came for him as well um, that day. Uh, there, there was a lot of market support for him. And if you go back and watch the race, you don't think he's going to win at one point. I'd like to know what he actually traded on Betfair that day. Probably would have been a big price because he's off the bridle quite early on. But I just think that is because later down the line, he's going to stay further than this. He's bred for stamina trips, middle distance trips. Um, and I just think that uh, he got going a little... It just takes him a while to get going. Um, but this race in the past has been won uh, by some stairs. So... That doesn't really concern me at all. But yeah, I think he should be a lot shorter. Obviously, Andrew Bolden's horse sets the standard. Masakala after his uh, second place in a group two uh, last month. But yeah, I think since Seattle King, it was quite an impressive debut considering he was off the bridle early. And then he did find a lot and he wasn't stopping at the line. So yeah, for me, Seattle King is, is a standout at the prices. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you on that one. Just having a look there, um, kind of based off kind of the amount of rate like amount of runners should I say I've got kind of got tongue tied actually there so I'll just cut that out so no I agree with Loader on um his choice for Seattle King on that one um just based off um kind of the jockeys form and stuff like that versus um some of the other runners and jockeys that are in the race and then Paul whenever you're ready what are you looking at I am looking at Masakella for Andrew Bowling and William Buick. Masakella was second in the Group 2 superlative stakes last time out. That was at Newmarket, just failed on that occasion and takes a drop in class here. Has one on soft, has one on good to fair, versatile as far as the going is concerned. And I think Masakella will take the beating. Another favourite, Callahan. Is he? I, I never know. Oh, no. come on, come on. <laughs> if you have to ask, then you know. Uh, no, he is. Yeah, I don't see much. I, I find it hard to oppose. Very hard to oppose. So for Mark, it's to lay Bayside Boy. For Chris, it's Seattle King, and for Paul, it's Masakela. So next on, then we'll move on to the two twenty Bet Victor um, Jeffrey Freer Stakes, which is has eight runners. So Chris, we may as well kick off with you if you want to go ahead with who you're looking at. Yeah, I'm gonna um take take a punt on uh on Paul's angle to a race and go for the favourite. I just think Hookham should win this. Not a strong it's not a strong renewal of this race uh this year. There's normally a three year old that possibly could be heading towards the ledger, and I, I just don't really see one that stands out on paper here that I could think why wow, like they're gonna go go places. I do think Hookham could potentially be a Group One horse. He could potentially win a Group One. One day he won this race last year. He does have to give the weight away, but I thought he won very impressively the last day um, at York. And for me, I, I just think he's a standout here and should just take all the beating. So yeah, short and sweet, hook him for me. Lovely stuff. Um, what about you, Paul? Who are you looking at? Uncharacteristically, not looking at the favourites. Uh, looking to take the favourite off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry. The Hugo Palmer train, Golden Pass. I do think Huckham will take the beating, but it's not really a working man's price. Going to take the favourite on with Golden Pass, who represents Hugo Palmer. Louis Stewart is on board. Golden Pass made all to win a listed event on her latest outing. She will need to improve, but overall her form is pretty consistent. And a bit of a price, I think she, she should give back, but it's a, a good run for the money. Yeah, 
Yeah, nice little switch out there. Um, and what about you, Mark? When I get shot down for this, right? I had to feel a bit dirty even saying this, right? But um, I'm falling loader here, right? I think the favourite is difficult to beat. Um, I'm looking at Paul Callan and I'm waiting for it, right? But uh, I think, I mean, done it well at York, 10th of July. Um, has course and distance form. Um, step back and trip should be no concern. The yard as well are flying what 18% strike rate two from 11. I just think Hickman could potentially be a, be a proper group one animal here. I think it's currently around 10 to 11, even money, best price available. Um, you always fair, but you just you never named your stage there. Market started there. Hickam, yeah. Oh, Hickam, yeah. sorry. That should be what I should get actually. I'm kind of hooking the face for putting up favourites. But yeah, um, I think this one looks difficult to beat, especially if the race cuts up. I mean, this one could easily go off around four to seven, I think, on a day. Um, so Hickam for me. Seems like a bit of a case of Freaky Friday here. It looks like uh, Paul and Mark have had a bit of role reversal. Usually, Polly's going for the old uh, favourite. So, Mark, hang your head in shame, old man. Uh, just to recap, then we've got Chris and Mark going for Hookham and Paul with Golden Pass. Um, moving swiftly along then to the 3.30 Bet Victor Hungerford Stakes Group 2. Um, seven furlongs and 11 runners. Paul, leading with you, what are you thinking? I'm going to take a chance on the Andrew Bowling trained tactical amount of Rob Hornby. Went forward having missed the break in a Group 3 contest at Goodwood last time out in a race won by the William Haggis trained by Eads. And I think if ridden with a little bit more restraint, I think tactical can, can play a hand at a bit of a price here. Yeah, nice one. Um, then moving on, then Mark, what are you thinking? In this race, um, I'm actually using the old uh, lay mechanism here on the Bedford Exchange. Um, wouldn't be like you yeah yeah i can't help it you know anyway right back, back to business right um i, I want to take on the favorite here al sahal um it's currently around 11 to 4 and was 5 to 2 i'm hoping this one does shorten up um I just think this is this is competitive and i think there's enough in this race to take al sahal on here um i think richard hannon's mota kayal and owen burrows danya um, i think they're live dangers here um I think he's, I think this one's too short at the top of the bang. Um, and I think if you can get around maybe four to nine the field and the place and lane this one, um, I think that's value. Because I, I think there's plenty of life dangers. And even the one that Paul Callum put was well tactical, that, that's definitely a life danger as well. And um, that one was that one was as big as 25 to 1 today. It's already half in price. Um, it's around 11 to 1. But I think um, the safe option for me is just to lay uh, Al Sahal. Um, it's currently. Five to two, um, just for the outright win. So two to five, the field for me. That's how I'm going to play this one. What are we thinking, Chris? How are we going to rebuke this one? Yeah, I'm going to take Al Sahel on. Interesting horse, because when he was racing as a juvenile, I thought he could be a proper Group One horse as a three-year-old, but he just hasn't quite lived up to expectations. He's been out in Dubai. Thought it was a good run last time at Ascot, but I'm not sure about the step back and trip to seven furlongs. I'm not so sure. I think he could be. Uh, more of a miler myself. Um, I agree with uh, Mark on uh, his thoughts on Dania. Quite like the the um, chances of that one. I think it, this horse could be a specialist at seven furlongs. Um, think he's run a couple of times at a mile and ran very well in some good races like the Lincoln. But I think since dropping back to seven furlongs the last uh, couple of starts, really been seen to good effect. Uh, won the international stakes at Ascot uh, last time out. You, there's always a chance that sometimes these horses when these handicaps aren't maybe 
I don't know why sometimes they just never translate that form to, to group races for whatever that reason is. Um, but on the numbers and the data, you would definitely think that Daniel is more than capable of going well here. Um, and Barry's team in good form. Um, yeah, lots to like about Daniel's chances. And I just think seven furlongs could, could be his ideal trip. So for me, Daniel it is. Thanks, Chris. So just to recap there, Paul's going for a tactical. Mark likes the look of Lane Al-Sahal, as does Chris, but he's going for Daniel. So we're going to switch over now from Newbury over to Ripon. So we've got two races here that we're focusing on. So the first is the 310 William Hill Silver Trophy Handicap. So it's a consolation race for the William Hill Great St. Wilfred Stakes. Just rolls off the tongue, really. Um, six furlongs and 20 runners. Mark, we'll start with you. Okay, um, it's actually a, an old-timer here that I quite like. Um, as a troubadour uh, of Michael Dodds. I put this one up on uh, RPL at a price at York on the 12th of June, 25 to 1. I think it was around 40 on Betfair that day. Um, it ran a good race. I finished fourth, um, so it was, a, it was profitable for me on that occasion. I just think that run was off 91. He's £7 lower here. Uh, I think he's got a massive chance at the weights of 84. I, I think, again, in, I think he'd be a big price at the weekend as well. Um, and if the, if the ground turns good to firm, I think he's a massive shout. I think of the 84, he'd be very, very dangerous. Um, th this will be my nap of the weekend. Um, I'm bullish. Troubadour. All aboard. So What's this face? <laughs> on, on the nose, Callahan. You know how this game works. He's all or nothing, Polly. You've been drinking. Listen, I'll phone Boyles on Saturday and we'll see if we can get the money on, all right? Better answer. Yeah, don't do. I'm I'm shocked you don't have the Wales Sports accounts already. Well, the only man that's been clipped by ninety percent of all betting companies out there, probably. Um, Paul, while we have you there, um, who are you looking at? Oh, I would take a chance. Six places are an offer if you shop around. If you have it in each way, bet. If you're not as confident as Mark, um, I would take a chance on the Paul Midgley train. I am dreamer. PJ McDonald takes the mount. We'll be coming out of stall number 12. He's a course and distance winner of the mark of 82. That was in class four company races on Saturday of the mark of, of 81, is it? Has been placed of 81. I am dreamer. Races off the mark of 80. He probably will need to put his best foot forward, but if he does, he could be one at a price that might reward each way backers if he puts his best foot forward to just sneak one of the, the first six home, hopefully. Yeah, perfect. And on to you, Chris. What are you thinking? Who are your thoughts? Yeah, quite like two here. Um, I'll give a, a mention for Fortimore. I thought he had a really good chance. Uh, some of the rivals he actually beat in he beat last time over the course and distance actually uh, are going to be running in the main race. So you like to think he could still have a bit in hand off eighty two. But my main selection was Citroen Major for Ryan Scott and Nigel Tinkler. A uh, bit of a quirky horse, isn't the most straightforward, and he could be one of those horses that just throwing the towel early on. I think you'll know your fate early on with him. But uh, yeah, he's got, he's got a good record at the track. He came back to form last time at York. 83, still a workable mark for him. He won off this mark at Ripon last year over the course and distance. Um, I think he's a good, solid each way price with the amount of places that are on offer. I know he's towards the top of the market, but uh, I thought uh, he he had really solid claims. Not a strong opinion, but Citroen Major would probably be my uh, marginal preference. Perfect. Thanks, Chris. So just following up on that then, that's Mark with Troubadour, Chris with Citroen Major, but also looking at Ford Moore, and Paul with I Am A Dreamer. So last up is the 345 William Hill Great Say Wilfred Handicapped. It's a six furlong, class two, 20 runner race. 
Chris, let's start off with you. Yeah. Um, well, my original selection didn't get declared, so I have to. I've had to change tack and uh, look, having a second look at this race. So I've actually fallen on one here at quite a big price, and this would be my nap for the weekend. It's the top weight, Brad the Brief for Kieran Schofield, claiming five, riding for Tom Taskin. Now, Kieran Schofield um, is an apprentice jockey, hasn't been in the game that long, and he's recently moved to Tom Taskin's yard. And since moving, he's got a good strike rate with him, 31% strike rate when combining. Um, and that, this horse, Brad the Brief, he brings a bit of class to this race. It's the first time he's tasted handicap company for a while. He's been campaigned in um, Patton Company this year, last seen over in um, over in France. But if you go back through some of his older form, I think he's definitely uh, a player of a mark of 104 in this race with the £5 claim. Um, he's a bit of a quirky horse. He, he sometimes, um, he doesn't always, like I say, Give, give maximum effort but I think over six furlongs uh, he's got a good chance he, he's really he likes to be ridden prominently and I think the underlating track at Ripon uh, will help as well it's um, a bit of a unique track Ripon there's lots of dips and a lot of horses don't handle it and he won um, a race last year at a new market he won a listed race at Newmarket, and I just think that he I think he might be suited by the track he's got not bad draw as well they normally um, in this race go on either stand side you want to be kind of drawn towards one of the rails he is he's drawn in still three so he's not got a bad draw there um yeah i think he's got a good chance still only a four-year-old and uh, yeah he brings a touch of class to the race and i think he's a huge price in this field you'd be worried about the ground here loader so i look at his best, best forms on soft um if it does cut up he, he, he is a massive price um yeah i can i see what you mean like he does like to to get his toe in but at the same time, I don't don't think that matters too much. I think it. I think it'll be. I think it'll be good ground. No excuses. I don't think it'll be good to firm because they they were racing earlier in the week and it had soft in the going description. So you imagine that uh, there's still a bit of moisture in it, and it's probably not going to make it on the firm side. So just yeah. a classy sore off off ninety nine here with the claimer on board. Just go forward. Yeah, exactly. He'll go forward. I imagine, and sometimes in these races, you see it time and time again. The the horses that are off, held off off the pace, they're always looking for the gaps and that, and there's so many yeah. hard luck stories. So you want to be handy. You don't want to be weaving through traffic and, and relying on them uh, to, to to open up for you. So yeah, Brad the Brief stays a bit further as well. So if it kind of turns into a stamina trip over the the six furlongs, you'd like to think maybe you might have a bit left uh, in the tank at the end. Nice one, Chris, if it comes through a 20 to 1 at the Bexfair Exchange now, or the Bexfair uh, Sportsbook at the moment. Uh, Paul, what are your thoughts now? We're looking at the 345. Oh, yeah, this is wide open. Um, a base for Adrian Nichols. Yard on good form. Barry McHugh takes the mount. Gets a tentative nod here. He's a course and distance winner, but did only manage to, to beat one, to beat two home in this race last year off a mark of 83. Runs this year off 86. Does like to go forward. And I'll be hoping that he can hold on for an each way place at a, a decent price. I think he's right about the 20 to 1 mark. But wouldn't he, he finished fifth last time out, would need to leave that run behind, only be two home at Newmarket. But prior to that, he was a good winner at Newmarket of a mark of 81. And before that, he won at Nottingham of 76. So I'll be hoping a base can, and I'm assuming he's going to go forward from Salt 14. And I'll be hoping that he can hold on for a, for a place. He's an each way selection in that 345. Thanks, Paul. And over to you, Mark, then. Who are you looking at? 
Yeah, there's actually, uh, again, I think this is an absolute minefield, um, and I think a lot of these are quite ground dependent. The uh, first one is um, just another bottle. Um, this is my selection and not Jesse's. But yeah, um, yeah, I think this one definitely needs uh, good grounds. It's currently 25 to 1. A uh, solid run at Ponte on the 19th of April. Uh, that was off 97. Finished second that day, um, off 91 here. I think if the, the, the ground is good to firm, I think this one could definitely be dangerous. Um, off 91, I think the, the booking of Kevin Stott is definitely a positive as well. Um, he's off 92 here, I apologise. Um, still £5 lower than that, that that second one there. And if, if the ground does turn soft, even if it turns into a bog or even good to soft, I think Music Society could be dangerous as well. Um, this one is ground dependent in my opinion as well. I mean, off 90, um, but has been found in the market. As big as 16s, it's, it's 10 to 1 now. Um, I think this one is probably about the right price now. Um, I think 16 to 1 probably could have been value, um, but the way I'll play it is, I wouldn't go mad in this race. I think uh, just in our bottle, I'll probably back this one. If the ground's good, good to firm. I'll back this one on the win on the Betfair Exchange. And I'll play the additional place market as well on the Betfair Exchange. Maybe get around 5-1, to 6-1 to one in the place market. Strong 19, which could be a concern, but I just think this one's overpriced. Um, and I think could, could have a big, big chance of 92 here. Yeah, that's interesting, actually. All three of you have gone for 20-1. to one, uh, place bets at the moment on the Betfair Sportsbook. So that's uh, Chris with Brad the Brief, Paul with a base and Mark with uh, just another bottle. Um, so that kind of wraps up um, the race meetings that we've looked at for Saturday the 14th. Have you guys had any other ideas or any other horses that you'd like to look at that you fancy for the weekend? This is Lucky Loader's uh, favourite part of the show. Um, look at me, he's getting excited. You can see him now. Yeah, he's getting excited. Yeah. <laughs> Loader, the floor is yours. Yeah, um, it, there's a unique race that takes place um, at Newmarket each year on this weekend, and it's the, the, the Grey Horse Handicap. You have to be a grey to run in it. And um, I just thought Mitro, Mitro's on fire for uh, Stefano Perci and Will Muir and Chris Grassick, uh was thrown in here off a mark of 85. One last weekend at the at the Shergar Cup meeting, Brings a, a class angle to this race. Um, it's a bit of a novelty race, but I think he's run about five to one. I've seen in some places. I think that's a good price there. I think he should be more like three to one. And uh, yeah, yeah, Mitro's on fire would be my uh, selection away from the races we've just covered. Yeah, no, it's an interesting race that they're all uh, they're all grey. I wonder would you lads fit in there now as well if you were all horses? Are we at that stage yet? Not quite. Mark's looking, he's just nodding his head at the whole situation. No comments. For the first time in Mike, Mark Rajorski's life, he's no comment. He's probably losing it from all that stress at Betfair. That's how we're going to play it. What about you, Mark and Paul? Have you got any fancies for the weekend outside of kind of what we've been chatting about? It's Troubadour for me. I think this one's massively overpriced. Um, dummy a turn on RPL a few weeks ago uh, in the place market. I just think this one could potentially do the business at a price. For me, uh, I'm not sure about Paul Callahan. He's, he's probably he's put up enough favourites already. Have you got any more any more shorties to put up? <laughs> I actually don't have them. I haven't. Uh, and Han, and enhanced Mully. Uh, enhanced odds on Mully. I haven't had a look at any of the rest, so no, would be the answer to that. That's good. Stick to what you know, anyway, Paulie. You know yourself. 
Um, so aside from that, then, thanks so much, lads, Mark, Chris and Paul. Thanks so much um, for that. Hopefully you've picked a few winners out for the weekend and you can get back on form after the last few weeks. And as always, for anybody who is listening, if you haven't subscribed already, you can subscribe for to the podcast on Apple, uh, SoundCloud or Spotify. So hopefully we will chat to you all next week. And like Chris's uh, lucky name or middle name, should we say, go out and get lucky. Oh, <laughs>